Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Cathedral of Sport podcast hosted by myself, Ash. Got a few shows for you coming up now before Christmas, and our first guest I've got for you is a man who is very well respected and known amongst non-league football circles in Scotland, especially in Edinburgh and the Lovians. I'm delighted to tell you that I'm joined this evening by Calvin Shand. Calvin, thank you for agreeing to appear on the show, mate. How's life been treating you? Good, Ash. Thanks for having me. I've uh, been looking forward to it. Not a problem at all, mate. Yeah, it's good to get you on. Good to get you on, bud. Um, right, we'll, we'll just we'll start the interview, shall we? Um, I, like I do with all the guests, mate, everyone that comes on. Um, Where did you grow up and what was your introduction into the game? Grew up in, in Edinburgh uh, as a big Hibs fan, so uh, growing up in Edinburgh, there was only really sort of two big boy club teams, which is either Hutchie Vale or Tynecastle, and I was fortunate enough to get involved with Hutchie Vale. Uh, spent a few years there, and luckily at that time, they had a few connections with senior teams, whether it be Hibs and uh, Coventry. So started up, grew up with Hutchie Vale, which was a real sort of good learning period for any kid the teacher good values and they're a club that's all about winning it sort of sets that mentality for you for your career and your life yeah definitely um you've had players that have come through there uh, i think jason cummins lee griffiths craig gordon just to name a few off the top of my head um i think graham Sooness came through hutchie vale as well um so yeah it is it is a it is a factory i should so to speak for for good footballers in, in Scotland. Um, so a good ground in and you, and you went to Hibs, mate, as a youth player. Yeah, yeah. Again, as I said, it was just that, that connection with Hibs. Uh, I very nearly went to Coventry. I was down, I went down there for a couple of visits and they actually asked me to sign, uh, go down when I was 16 and go full-time down there. And it was probably the lure of being a Hibs fan and being an Edinburgh boy just to stay where I was rather than go down go down south, and it's probably something I maybe regret, actually. Uh, I wish I'd probably took that opportunity, because looking back, I think if you go down south, all these the Scottish clubs will still be there for you if it doesn't quite work out down there. Yeah, it's a good point, actually. Um, but at 16, would you... I, know, I, don't know, I don't know if you get families that look after players, and well, I, don't, I don't know if that happens anymore, but what would you, what would you have done down there? I mean, at, at that age, how would you have... Would they have put you up in a flat, or a flat share, or something like that? You know. Yeah, well, down there, that was uh, the players actually stayed on the training ground, so all the players stayed together down there. Uh, so, I think it's probably hindsight that probably because it never quite worked out for me that you think if I went down a different route, maybe I'd been different. But you never know. But Hibs, the period at Hibs was was amazing. It was a great time for me. It was growing up and playing for the the team that you grew up supporting. You can't probably ask for much more. No, definitely not. Um, that's a, every boy's dream, isn't it, to pull on the shirt of of who they support growing up. Was it? Was it? Was there the the sort of Scott Browns there and, and players like that when and Gary O'Connor and players like that there when you when you were a youth team player, or was that just yeah. maybe a bit after? No, no. So Gary and let's say Derek Rardin, again, as you said earlier on about the Hutchison Vale, that Hutchie Vale team that I had probably had Gary O'Connor, Derek Rardin. Stevie Whitaker, Kev Thompson, they all came through that same sort of period. Uh, so going into Hibs was pretty actually quite an easy transition because you had maybe four or five guys that you'd played boys club with that you were then going into going into full-time football with. Yeah, so well, they say that that's that 
they call it the Hibs golden era of youngsters, didn't they? That um, all progressed through it, literally all, the, all at the same time. So you've got what, yeah. Scott Brown, Ryden, as you said, that like Kevin Thompson, who you just mentioned there, he went on to play for Middlesbrough and Rangers. So, yeah, I mean, you're surrounded in good company. What happened at Hibs then, Calvin? Um, I know you went to, I know you played in lower league. I know you went to, to Peterhead next after that. Was it a case of just not, just like not making the grade there or because of the, the competition around you or, or they brought other players in, signed other players from elsewhere or? I think it was probably a mixture of the, the quality that was there at the time and probably just falling a little bit short in terms of making the grade. Uh, I was a year older than some of these guys, so I was moved into the first team pretty quickly. Uh, Alex McLeish sort of really sort of looked at me fondly. He liked me as a player and he moved me into the, the first team sort of changing room before the, some of these guys. And I initially signed a one-year contract Got a, after the year they offered me a new two-year deal and I thought everything was sort of going going well. I was training with the first team every day. I was in that environment and then Alex McLeish went to Rangers. Uh, Bobby Williamson came in and to be honest with you, it just never really happened for me after that. Yeah, it uh, happens. I had a, I was speaking to Aaron Good as a player. He used to play for QPR's youth team. I, I did a Q&A of him for our blog site. And he said the same as you. He said... um everything goes all rosy in that and it, all it takes is a change of manager who's got their own plans and their own agenda and it can just like, you know, make or break lads, so to speak. Yeah, and it probably, I'd never probably, I wasn't with a, I always worked hard in training but I never worked hard probably as much as I should have away from the, away from it. Wasn't probably in the gym as much or working on my weaknesses uh, and then probably with being at home, you end up starting to go out a little bit more and you, you're uptown at the weekends and probably just never apply myself properly to, to quite make the grade. Yeah, I've, I've had a lot of similar stories like that um, with, with hometown players playing for their hometown clubs and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> we know about Derek Ryden, but we're not going to cut it. And it's funny, then, funny you say, because obviously I know Matty King was on the show before and Matty was at Hearts when I was at Hibs and my best mate. So we'd play a game on a Friday or a Monday and the first thing we'd do would be home, changed and out. And that started at one night a week and it ended up being two and three nights a week. And it was just, it was good fun at the time. But looking back, it probably didn't have that good an effect on my, my playing career. But you, look, you still, you still played at a decent level. Um, next stop, was it next stop Cowden Beef or was it next stop Peterhead? Yeah, next stop was Cowden Beef. It was uh, Keith Wright and Mickey Weir, who obviously both played for Hibs. I watched them growing up and Keith was one of my youth coaches at Hibs. And I think when I left Hibs, you think, oh, there'll be, I'll get a club, it's, I'm full-time, I'm at Hibs, I'm at, I've had a good sort of education in the game, and there was absolutely nothing. I didn't have any options at all, really, and Keith came in for me, and it was, although it was the only option, it was probably the right choice for me, because I knew him, uh, I knew the coaches, and it was a case of going into Cowden Beef, and I actually really enjoyed my time there. Yeah, it's a good club, it's a good, uh, good historical club in Scotland's Cowden Beef. Um how did you get on there? Um, I mean, I don't. I, I mean, I, I'm working with a blank canvas here, Calvin. Um, so, was there any any sort of promotions or anything like that? No, not not initially. The first, I was only there for for two seasons, really. Uh, so, uh, the only sort of bright part point in the time there was uh, that I got young player of the year. which was for me it was great because I dropped out and I sort of lost heart a little bit. But getting back in, getting Young player of the year was great. And then 
Keith actually got sacked from the job, uh, and at that point, I felt like it was time to move on. Uh, I just felt like my time probably was coming to the end, and I think probably most players, you always have a team that you do well against, and Peterhead seemed to be that team for me. Uh, always played well against them, always done well against them, and when the my contract ran out, they, they approached me to go up and sign up there. What was it like going all the way up there? I mean, I've heard, obviously from, from following lower league football in Scotland, that a lot of Peterhead's players do actually come from the central belt, and they they just pick them up and take yeah, them up so for games. And they train as well. They, they, they train in the central belt. Well, looking back on it, it was a crazy decision to be... It's three and a half hours from Edinburgh. And at the time, we actually trained in Aberdeen. So I, when I left Tibbs, I got a job in a gym and I was working till two o'clock. And the training nights, I was just leaving straight from the gym and driving up to, to Aberdeen to train twice a week. And then obviously playing on a Saturday, you would... Up your head, it's a great club. You get really well looked after, uh, but you, the bus wouldn't leave games till six six thirty at night. So you want to get back into Edinburgh like ten thirty, eleven o'clock on a Saturday night after after home games. Wow, it's just it is too much, isn't it? It's a logistical nightmare um, going up there. I remember going up there to watch a watch a game once, and we left it. We had to leave at like eight nine in the morning, and then we went back till late. It's just yeah, I know. I totally get where you're coming from. Yeah. Um, it was though I think at that time though it probably we actually had a really successful season we got into the championship playoff final and I think that part of the journey was part of the the squad being so close and so tight we used to get in a minibus sorry yeah yeah go on go on sorry we used to get in a minibus from Dundee so there maybe be nine nine or ten of us in a minibus from Dundee uh, me Craig Tully and David Hagen, who's no longer with us, who was at Rangers and Hearts. He, uh, we used to meet in Perth. We used to travel to Dundee, jump in the bus with the, the Dundee boys and then go up to Peterhead. And it was it was a really enjoyable time. And I think probably the the boys plus the good running form were on made the, the travelling that a little bit easier. Yeah, definitely. And look, it, it is a good club, Peterhead. A uh, really well-run club. They've... They're always, they always always seem to be up there and every every time I see them, every time I look at the league table, especially League 2, they always seem to win League 2. Every time they go there, they always bounce straight back into League 1. So when they've made that transition from non-league to um, the SPFL, I think they've probably probably made the best transition. You might have, have an argument for Cove Rangers at the minute as well. But yeah, it's definitely a decent club, decent fan base as well for, for such a small town. And I'm, I'm quite glad you enjoyed your time up there, mate. Um Where'd you go? You went to Berwick Rangers next, was it? Yeah, I think the second season at Peterhead, the travelling became a little bit too much because we used to sometimes train at Stenhouse Muir one night a week, but that stopped and it was up Aberdeen twice a week and it was just becoming too much for me. Uh, so around about the Christmas time, I joined Berwick and to be perfectly honest with you, I hated every minute of it. What, Berwick <laughs> Rangers? Yeah, and it's nothing to do with the club because it's a good, well-run club. I just, I think at that point, I just mentally gone in terms of football. I just lost interest, lost love for the game and I was going to training and I was just going through the motions, really. We could have been anywhere else. We want to be anywhere else rather than training in games and it's, it's maybe bad to say, but it's made being honest, to be honest. No, it's not bad to say at all. Um... Just be, yeah, as you said, just being honest. Look, I mean, what what kind of 
Who who was there at Berwick Range at the time? Because that's another. I know they're in non-league now, but that's another team that that always did did quite well in the lower leagues. You know, in league in league two and that. Yeah, well, fun enough. I'm saying I hated it. We actually won the league that year. Uh, we we won league two the year that I was there. Uh, I played a bit part in it, but it was a successful time in terms of for the club. Who was uh, who was the manager um, there at the time? John Coughlin was in charge there. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. John Coughlin, uh, yeah, 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 I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think he's been back a few times since, actually, but it's, uh, so, ah, uh, yeah, it was, although it wasn't probably a great time for me personally, as a club, it's a good run club, and we're successful enough to go and win the league. Uh, it was a, probably an older squad there at the time. I think the only young one that I can really think that was coming through was Danny Swanson, who went on, obviously, to have a good career. Yeah. But he was, he was very young there, but you knew that, he had that potential to step up. Yeah, because he, he played for Hibs and St. John. Where's he now? I think he's at East Fife now, actually. He's at East Fife now. I know he played for St. Johnson, I think, didn't he? Yeah, he's I think he had yeah. a couple of spells up there, so. Yeah. Um, so, you just... Is it a case of Berwick playing-wise? How how old would you, were you when you just thought to yourself, I've, I've had enough? I would have been about 25, 25 at that age, 26, around about that time. So that's still relatively uh, young. That's your peak years or your prime yeah. that you're coming into as well. I know that. And I think that it's hard that the where nobody sort of prepares you when you come out of full-time football that you always think there'll be another club or another opportunity or something will come up. And I think I got to the point where I knew the dream was over as such. Yeah. And it was, it was just that time where I thought there's no really a career for me in the game. Although... I'm proud of what I achieved in the the time I spent in the lower leagues. I think at that point I just knew that the the dream was over as such. Yeah, it's a shame to hear that. Um, of the, the the short career you did have, what's your what's your playing career highlight out of the out of the uh, Peterhead, Cowden, Beef, and Berwick? I think the 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 run with Peterhead, obviously the the season that we got to the the championship playoff final we actually got beat on penalties from uh, Partick Thistle who then went on the following season to the Premier League yeah um... uh, that season we played Hibs in the CIS Cup we played Rangers at Ibrox in the Scottish like it was a good time it was a good period it was a good bunch and as I said it was it was a really well run club and it was a it was a, probably the most enjoyable time in the senior game for me that's not that you've not had a bad career at all you got to play at Ibrox how many? How many people? How many people can say that? Not many. Not I many. Know. There's not many. I know. So uh, we got beat five 0 I think so. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> doesn't matter, mate. You played it. You played at Ibrox. It's fine. It's fine. You played in front uh, of it. Must have been about what thirty, forty thousand there, maybe more. I think it was about forty odd. That was uh, Chris Boyd's de- uh, debut, actually. So forty odd. So, you played in front of thousand people. So there you go. Yeah, so no, I had a decent career. I had a decent uh, in the lower leagues, I would say. Yeah. Did you? I mean, obviously, you've, you've transitioned from player to coach to manager. How did that come about? Is that is that something you really wanted to do? As you were thinking about long time before you you stopped playing, or is it something that was like, right, I've got to do something now. I've, I've my, my career's finished. What do I do now? Sort of thing, or was this this planned for quite a while? Did you play in non-league as well for a while, or did you did you step down and play play in non-league just to keep uh keep active and keep playing before going to coaching? Sorry. 
No, so I went, I had a brief spell at Arneson Rangers after leaving Berwick and then signed with Musselburgh. Uh, a, a club you know well, but when I signed with Musselburgh, I absolutely loved it. And that was just because it was on the doorstep, really. So it was an enjoyable time in terms of the players that we had. Uh, and you know the club, it's a, it's a great... It's a great club. It's got great. It's got a family feel to it, and I think it's probably one of the first clubs that I'd been to that I felt at home. I really enjoyed my time there, uh, and it was probably I've got to thank Davy McGlynn for because Davy was in charge at the time, and I think I was probably one of the more senior players in the, the team, and he was at me and at me about getting into coaching, getting into coaching, and I think I ended up doing a few sessions for him, and it just sort of started from there. Did you? Did you play in the Junior Cup finals at all? Yes, I played in that. I was in that period. So it was one of the best periods of my career. Probably the best, the most enjoyable. That 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 cup run where we just kept on beating teams and we just, the luck of the draw, we kept on sort of getting favourable draws and it was the closer it got to the final, we just felt there was a belief amongst the squad that we could potentially do it. And I remember... I think we played Kilburnie at, at, at home in the quarter-final and all our bank was packed. There was, it must have been two and a half thousand folk there. And wow. It was, it was, the kickoff was delayed for the fans in and for a club like Musselburgh, it was a, it was just great for the whole town. It was brilliant. And then going to Dalry in the semi-final was an experience. With, I think we bet them at home and then we just had to get a draw away from home and it was, I think we ended up going to extra time that day and it was, nail biting stuff to try and hold on but once we had sort of we got through the semi-final it was the realisation that what we achieved for a relatively small non-league club when you look at sort of the history of the, the the bigger teams as such it was a it was a great time yeah definitely and also you got to play on the same, same team as your best pal as well so you've played at Ibrox and you've gone to a junior cup final Kai it's not been that bad is it hey <laughs> That's yeah, not... it's, it's not been bad at all. <laughs> it's not been bad at all, is it? Um, Musselburgh are a great club. I, I always um, promote them as much as I can. Um, it's, it, as you said, it's such a family feel to the club. Everyone's welcome down there. Yeah. Um, I, I, you can see that the play, you know, have held on to players for quite a few years now. Not many clubs. It doesn't really happen in football anymore. Players chop and change every what every half a season <laughs> or a season. Yeah. Musselburgh have still got. I mean, last time I went to a game there, down there was, I think, oh, God, it was about 2018 or something like that. And uh, I look at the team sheet now, and most of them I remember from, from when I went to a game, uh, games there. You know? So, yeah, so... I think, the sh- I, think, I think the shipping has a lot to play with that. They Saturday nights in the shipping, keep the boys together. Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good pub, that. Can't wait for it to be open again. Um, I know, I know. So, anyway, anyone listening um, that, that wants to go to some Scottish non-league football if you're ever up here or or if you do live here and you haven't tried it out before, go, go and watch a Musselburgh game um, and go in the ship in. Get, it, get some beers down you. Um, how'd, you get, how'd you get into coaching? So, so you, was it, as I said before, was it just a case of, right, I, I can't play anymore. I better, uh, better no. coach. Or was it something that you, that you thought in your head, you planned well ahead for and you thought, right, that's what I'm going to do when I stop playing? It sort of just came about. I thought I was coming to the end. I was still playing at Musselburgh and I started doing my, my coaching badges. And I actually, I stopped playing because I went back into Hibs coaching uh, with, within the academy. 
which was which was a which was great. But it was three nights a week, and I was played on a Sunday, and I was still playing. So I was out of training five nights a week. I was playing a Saturday. I was coaching a Sunday, and it became too much. And it was at that point where I had to make that decision where I give up the opportunity to coach, or I say it's an end to the playing career and concentrate on the coaching. Uh, and to be honest with you, I was really enjoying the coaching at the time, and it was the right decision just to give up on the playing and move into the coaching side of things. So I moved into Hibs. I was with the 17s for three or four years, and it was uh, a lot different to what the academies were like when I was a player. Let's just say that. Yeah, they're a lot more, um, a lot more rigid now, aren't they? There's a lot, <laughs> they're like, they're like boot camps. Uh, you can't, can't put a foot wrong. Yeah. You're out the door. Yeah, I can imagine. Was was James McDonough there when you were there coaching? Yeah, yeah, James was there. James was uh, the head of youth there. Yeah, he's a uh, great coach, James. Yeah, yeah, James is really good. Uh, I'm actually uh, good friends with him as well. So I know he's at Edinburgh City just now. Yeah, he's doing doing really well as well. He's very very popular. Um, got a lot of time for for James. I did a, a fundraising night, which <laughs> not a lot of people turned up to. Put it that way, um, right. a charity fundraising night. Me and my mate put one on at, at the uh, Craig and Tinney Golf Club, and Edinburgh City were away at Peterhead that day, and he still came down to the fundraiser at night um, to sh- just to show his face and have a beer. And uh, right. and to support it, do you know what I mean? Uh, that you know that that went a long way with me, especially after such a long trip back with a team. And it, it, I think I think City lost that day as well, um, so he wouldn't have been in the happiest of mood. But he still come down and showed his face. So just shows what shows what the man's about, to be honest. Um, that's that sounds like James is good lad. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so you got after coaching at Hibs. How did the muscle job come about? Because is it something you just asked for, or, or do they do they come and headhunt you, saying, "Look, you're a muscle boy at, at heart with us." Come, you know, the it space was, is there. Come on. It was a little bit of an awkward one because I was actually at Linlithgow as assistant to Davy McGlynn. So Davy had went to Linlithgow Rose, and I was assistant to him there. Uh, so obviously, Davy's dad, Charlie McGlynn as chairman of Musselburgh. Yeah. And the job came about and it was, I think Davey again was really good with me because he came to me and he said, I know you want to be your own man. I know you want to go and be a manager. The opportunity might be there. Do you fancy it? And it was a no brainer for me. Uh, although it was probably, it was a really difficult time and what I inherited was to, a mess to be honest with you in terms of playing squad. But, it was the opportunity to go and manage that club that I knew so well. It was I was never going to turn it down. No, oh, definitely not. Especially getting to a junior, you had so much history of him getting to a junior cup final. Your best mate still being there and stuff. Was it? Was it like to coach your best pal? Well, I actually signed him back because he was at Newton Grange. Yeah, he was. Yeah, and and I signed him back and. He couldn't have made the negotiations more awkward, I think, just for <laughs> the fun of it rather than anything. <laughs> He'll probably listen to this but, and deny it. <laughs> deny everything. I, uh, but no, nah, it was actually really good for me because I just had that person within the changing room and he's the club captain. He's done loads for the club. He's a club legend, really. So to, uh, when I came in, it was a no-brainer to try and get him back involved and it sort of really helped me uh, just get that sort of go between between the manager and the 
in the in the playing squad because I'm still young at the time. I think I was 35, and I knew a lot of the players from playing with them, and it was it was hard to take that step back and not be one of the boys. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, I had I had Liam Giles on the Croydon manager, uh, non-league manager down in England. He he was he was saying the same. He's quite a young manager, and uh, that's one of my questions to him as well. It's like, how do you? Uh, how, being so young, how do you assert yourself in the dressing room? Is that but at least you had that go between, you know what I mean? So to, yeah. to yeah, yeah, to keep keep law and order, so to speak. But you built a team there, Calvin, that played good football. I remember it being good football, all on the deck. You know, I I I said to people there at the time, I said this is better than League Two. Some of these players are a bit. I mean, I had Declan O'Kane. Okay, I was um. There's Connor Thompson as well. He's still there, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're both still there. Saying, "This is what I'm saying." These players that you that, that you were managing, most of them are still there. John McManus, um, Bradley White as well. So yeah, you built I, a decent I, squad. I that squad as well. Yeah, you built a decent squad, and you, you won a league title. Yeah, it was probably. You asked earlier about my playing career. That's probably the the, the highlight of the career. I think because it was such a difficult start going into Musselburgh and it took time to, to build that squad. But I think, as you said, I've got my ways of thinking the game should be played and I, I pretty much stuck with it and we worked hard to try and uh, apply that to the team. We tried hard, we worked hard on getting the basics right, but getting a, a style of play that people would want to come and watch. Uh, and I think that the season we won the league, I think we broke nearly every junior record. Uh, and it was, uh, obviously it's an enjoyable time when you're winning games, but it was a different type of enjoyment for me because as a manager, putting, having this idea and plan in your head and then seeing it, seeing it come to light and the players actually taking it onto, onto a match day and applying it to, to, the, to a game is... A different type of sort of enjoyment for for me, and it was it was brilliant. It made sort of the transition into management and the difficult start all worthwhile. Definitely. Um, was it something ridiculous like thirty games won or something in a row or something ridiculous like that? Let's yeah. see that season. We lost one game. We were unbeaten at home. We lost one game all season. Uh, believe it or not, to the bottom of the league. <laughs> uh, but it was like the points record, unbeaten at home. Uh, everything that every record I think pretty much that had been broken and it was to be fair it was testament to the players they they worked hard they knew what was at stake and knew what it meant to the club and to to win a, a league title for Musselburgh was a proud moment for me yeah definitely mate um, I, I certainly went when I went down there with my mate James I'm going to touch on in a minute by the way <laughs> I got I got, okay. I got to ask you something but yeah, certainly enjoyed okay. it. Um, everyone there enjoyed it that season. The, the football was great to watch. It was really entertaining. Um, and, and for the price you pay to get in, I don't know why that place isn't yeah. packed out every week, honestly. Um, <laughs> seriously. But right, you know my, my pal James, right, who I <laughs> went yeah. to a few games with. Um, uh-huh. He's got a... Right, I don't know how true this is, right, because he told me this in the pub. I don't know. It, you, you can uh, say if this is true or not. I... <laughs> He said, okay. I, was speaking to, I was speaking to Calvin at the bar. I said, oh, yeah, all right. He said, yeah, yeah, He's like, and You went to the same school, didn't you? Or the same year at school or something? Yeah. Right. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, and you asked how he was and all that. And he said, or something like, where have you been or something? And he went, 
I've been at Edinburgh City. And he's, he's, he, what he's told me is, you thought he... <laughs> you, what, apparently what you said is, oh, bloody hell, you've been at Edinburgh City. Fancy coming here for a trial. Did you say that? <laughs> That's clear. <laughs> I can't. think he was actually a player <laughs> when well, he meant he was just a fan. <laughs> well, if I'm in the ship and I'm at the pub, I was maybe drunk, but I, can't, that, I can honestly, I can't remember saying that. It was in a, it was in um, the little bar at Olive Bank. But, All right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, nah, I'm denying that. I'm denying that. Right, I'll get on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go at James then. I'm, I'm, I'm saying to James. Uh, right then, you're making up stories, pal. Um. Yeah, right, that, that one's cleared up. You didn't, you didn't offer James <laughs> Burnett a trial for muscle for athletics. <laughs> I didn't. If it had been when I first went in, he might have got a trial because we had very little players, so he might have got a trial <laughs> when I first went in. When he told me that, though, I absolutely pissed myself. I went no fucking way, no fucking way. He's been offered a trial. Um, anyway, um, for for those that don't know me, mate, James um, is I would say is probably same level as me, power league. Five aside, <laughs> fucked after five minutes. Um, right, but you know, all all good times have to come to an end, mate, didn't they? Um, in life, yes. unfortunately. And you left Musselburgh for a local rival, Trinent Juniors. Um, not gonna ask, like, sort of. A, but how was that? How was that going from one rival to another, so to speak? And I know it's not a massive rivalry, but it's still a little local local thing, you know, because all the villages and towns in East Slavian have all got their little rivalries, you know, sort of going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's a difficult one. I've had a little bit of stick from it uh, since it happened, but when I, I sat down with Carl Craighorn, chairman at Musselburgh, and we started to talk about the following season. We're pretty much guaranteed promotion into the, the East of Scotland League uh, from the, the individual conferences, and we're starting to plan for the following season and I just wanted to be up front and honest with Carl because he's a great guy, he's done lots for the club and I had to say to him, listen, I think my time's come to an end. I don't want to lead you down the path. I don't want to come to the end of the season, leave and then leave the club in a similar situation to what I inherited as a manager. I've got too much time and respect for the club to do that. So I never actually left to go to I left because, and I gave my reasons at the time, is that I didn't know if I needed a new challenge or I needed just time a break, a time away for the game. Yeah. Uh, so I made it very clear, listen, I don't want to get, lead you along. I want a new manager to come in, have his own time with the squad, bring in his own players and give the team the best possible chance. The Trinette thing was never, never ever in the pipeline. They had a manager at the time. I just, I felt like had three long, hard seasons at Musselburgh and it was tough at times that I just felt like my time had come to an end. Yeah, that's fair enough, mate. Honest account there. Um, for those giving him stick, get a grip. Come on. You know, everyone, everyone's allowed to change. Everyone's allowed to make their own decisions in life. You know. Yeah. Pro- probably what upset folk is I'd said, obviously, time away <clears throat> or time with the family. Three weeks later, Trinette came in for me. And it was one of the ones where it was the longest three weeks. See, Saturday afternoons without football, it was torture. No. It was absolute torture. No, I can quite imagine, right? I've been there myself. I've I've said to my missus on numerous occasions, obviously I'm not a chef anymore, but that's it. I'm never going back in the kitchen again. I'm never cooking for anyone again. 
sick of it, done with it, absolutely done with it. A week later, I'll get a call from like a really like decent place or something like that. We can offer you this, we can offer you that, or you know, an, an agency or something like that. I was like, right, we can pay you this per hour if you go there for like a month. I'm like, uh, I'd say to my missus, like, oh, I'm, it's like I'm back at work tomorrow, <laughs> like sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it, 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 right yeah, it happens. That, that, that's it's normal. You, you know, you, you don't want to be sat around all the time and stuff like that. It's, you know, I don't know how anyone can hold that against you, to be fair, but. Anyway, it is it is yeah. what it is. Um, how was your time there? Was was Ian Black there at the time when you were when you were at Trinity? Yeah, Ian Black was there. Uh, again, I, I seen your person within the change room and made it easy. But Trinent, the ambition of the club is ridiculous. The the transformation of what they've done in recent mm. years is if you, if you go down there, it's the place is second to none at this level, uh, and. To be fair, I went in and the one guaranteed promotion, the one promotion, uh, I, I won a league. And then we sat down that summer and it was a three-year plan to sort of get into the Lowland League. And the first season in East of Scotland, they basically set out the criteria of top six, top four. As long as we're competitive, the following season we'll go on and compete for a league. And we got to... The end of January, I think we just went through a Christmas period and we took seven points from nine out of, I think it was Musselburgh, Lynn Lifko and Camelon. So we're in a good wee spell. Lost two games in a row and then I got a phone call on the Monday night uh, saying that I'd been sacked. Wow. Uh, sitting third in the league. Uh, the week before, we were second. Obviously, that, that defeat moved us to third and this was sacked there and then. So... Uh, I enjoy my time at the club and I've got a lot of respect for the guys involved, but didn't end too well, to be honest. No, it doesn't sound like it. Just touching back on a, about talking about Ian Black. So you've you've played at Ibrox. You've won promotion in the league with Berwick. You played in a championship playoff final. You won the league, you won the yeah. league with Musselburgh as a manager. You played in a junior cup final yeah. and you managed a Scottish cup winner. Yeah. Mate, you, you haven't had yeah. it bad. You, you didn't do you didn't do that badly, did you? Really? If you think about it, I, 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 being a Hibs fan, I've never mentioned the Scottish Cup to Ian Black once. Was that, that was that that was a five that was a five one, wasn't it, mate? <laughs> it was a, Ian Black played in the five one, yeah. The so five one. We don't talk about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So you know, obviously, sat by Trinent. Gonna move on to something a bit more. Light-hearted now, mate, um, after you telling me that. Who's the craziest player in the dressing room you've ever been am- been amongst? Craziest it's just nuts. <laughs> uh, I probably would have to say John McManus. Oh, he's, that's, a, he's, he's a, that's two for him now. That's and, two for him on this show. And all my time, and I'm thinking as, as play, at Hibs, the... The Glasgow boys were were brutal with you. See, the first year at Hibs, you you've had you feared every day going into training because they would be doing something to you that <laughs> uh, they just would never get away with now <laughs> in this day and age. But so they were pretty bad, and obviously the part time teams are different. But spending that time down at Musselburgh with John was he's on a different level. <laughs> I'm not t- no, I'm not going to stereotype all wheezes, but it was the same for me in the chef world, man. <laughs> Some of them are absolutely fucking nuts. Like, you know, oh, God, no, no, oh, no, not him again. 
Don't have to work with him again. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, I know, I know exactly what you mean, mate. Um, yeah, so that's that's two for John McManus now. That's two who've said that. So now I've, you know, I've got to, I've got to take it. I feel, yeah, John McManus is a. <laughs> You'll need to get him on to defend. Do you know him. what? <laughs> Do you know what? I'm going to I'm going to ask him to come on, John. There's the, the the offer and the invite next year in the new year at some point. I know you'll be listening to this. Um, the door is open for you to come on the show and tell your story and tell some stories, mate. Um, but what's the, what's the best prank you've ever seen? It could be. It could, it, hey. there's, there's no. There's no. Uh, don't. But don't hold back, mate. Basically, um, you can say anything. <laughs> I'm not bothered. I, I had one of the worst pranks done to my head. Go on. Go on. <laughs> Uh, so, as a young boy, first year, the again the Glasgow boys, the in the afternoon they didn't train because of the game. So the younger boys went for a second training session, and I, I mean I came back in from training and my to- my clothes had been completely tied up into knots, right? It was it took me about forty minutes to get my clothes untied. So first year, first year in the so I've untied my clothes and I'm walking up to the bus stop to go home and I look like a bag of washing because my clothes have been crushed to bits and I go into my pocket to get my pound for the bus and let's just say all the Glasgow boys had shaved all their hair <laughs> and filled my pocket filled my pockets <laughs> <laughs> so I've got a pocket full of pubes and I'm having to try to go through them to find my pound for the bus <laughs> <laughs> that's probably that's the, that's the best one I've heard on this show I tell you honestly and I Standing at queue at the bus stop, and to be fair, I, I went back in and I never mentioned it. I never went mentioned it. I never tried to call some doubt in it. I just left it as if it never <laughs> It probably respects you more for that. Oh, fuck it, he's taking it well. He's taking it well. Yeah. Oh man, that's yeah, horrific. No. I'd go off. I'd go uh, really off my bad, fucking that's... head. <laughs> I'd go mad. That was that was the norm from then, though. And that's what I say. And this day and age, you you can never get away with doing something. Like yeah, it's that. too squeaky clean these days, man. Like, I mean, yeah. I I just caught Back the back of that. it when I was um, playing like Saturday League football when I was like seventeen, eighteen. Like, I was, I we still had them characters around, man, in like the early two thousands and that. But now, I can't imagine any of these young lads pulling pranks like that, man. We used to have stuff yeah. happening in the changing rooms all the time. I've seen some stuff. I'd be like, walk in and like, what the fuck is going on here? Do you know what I mean? They would never be never tolerate yeah. that. They just wouldn't. Like, they wouldn't have the character to do it. It's all character building, wouldn't it, though? Eh? I, th- I think I think you're spot on. I think the boys nowadays couldn't handle it. Whereas back then, you just had to go on it. The coaches wouldn't do nothing about it. You just had to, to deal with it. And as you say, it, it builds character. Yeah, it does, definitely. Or, bra- or, or breaks it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was in the shower and I got fly kicked in the back. Everyone sort of stark bullock in the right. naked. And um, obviously, it's all wet on the shower floor. Someone's just come in and just fly kicked me. I've slipped over and wet so wet, I've cracked the bottom of my back and I've also broke my wrist landing on the floor. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everyone's roaring in laughter. <laughs> Fucking hilarious, eh? I wouldn't be, wouldn't, wouldn't be allowed now, would it? Eh? Be, nah, it'd be, be an assault charge. The police would be called counselling everything. Um, <laughs> um, best player you've played alongside and also against? Eh... <clears throat> uh, Best player against that I can, and I played against some really good players. But I just remember this this performance being 
something that I remember, and it was back at Hibs, and we played against Celtic at Easter Road in a reserve game, and Liam Miller. Yeah. They went on to Man God rest his soul, yeah. Yeah, what a player. I've never seen anything like yeah. that. Um, and I still remember that performance. It was a Monday night, and I just I just thought, wow, he's on a different level. Uh, and I played I played against a lot of good players in the, the sort of the lower leagues, and even at, even at junior level, there's some really good players that uh, played at him. But for for against, I would probably have to say I remember his performance, that one individual performance. Yeah, sadly not sadly not with uh, us anymore, Liam Miller. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, and for there could be a number of players to be honest with you. Uh, again, the the. Derek Riordan ability wise was phenomenal. Yeah, uh, yeah he's Kev, Kev, Kev Thompson, really good player, technically brilliant. Stevie Whitaker, the hardest working player that you'll you'll get, or what I remember from remembering him at that stage, and that's probably why he went on to have such a good career. Uh, and then probably dropping down to to junior level, Chris King. Chris King was a really good player. I remember. I remember him, uh, defender. No, Chris King, striker, both-footed, just technically. What brilliant. Chris am I thinking of? What what lad did you have in your team a couple of years ago? Chris, you're thinking about Chris Gray. Chris Gray, yeah. that's the one I'm thinking about. Yeah, he's he's more likely to get a contender for the craziest. <laughs> yeah, I've I've heard. Yeah, I heard he's a bit of a nutcase. Yeah, yeah. great lad though, great lad, but. Uh, I, Chris King was a right good player really technically brilliant uh, so fortunate to, to have a not bad career and play with some really good players yeah definitely um, sounds like it bud. what's the what's the future for Calvin Shand what is what does the future bring uh, I don't know I don't know I don't um, I think to get back into management it would have to be it would have to be the right Challenge of the right, the right club, uh, a coaching role potentially. I don't. I'd, I'd probably have more chance of me going back into coaching into management. To be honest with you, okay. Uh, but I'm actually quite enjoying the time away at the moment. I know this may be made easier by this, the pandemic and the lockdown and football being off anyway. Yeah. But I've not missed it quite as much as I did the first time round and. Spending time with the family has been, been good. So, I don't know. I think eventually I'll get the the bug and get back in. But where and when, I don't. I'm not sure. You're still yet. young enough, so there'll be plenty of opportunities in the future. I mean, so yeah. I mean, enjoy the top. I might get a game with you down the fives. Oh, you don't want to play with me, mate. It'd be screaming at me after two <laughs> minutes. Do some do some running. I'm honest. I'm a million. I'm a million dollars for two two minutes, three minutes. And then I'm just non I'm non-existent <laughs> for the rest of the game. Like people just look at me and say, "Why is it? Why? Yeah. Why does he just move, run, do something?" <laughs> you know. But no. <laughs> um, yeah, kind of coach, coach me out of bloody and get fitter if you want. Um, <laughs> no, I'm sure yeah. you'll get another job, mate. And uh, you know, good luck to you in the in the future of that. I'm, I'm sure, especially uh, clubs should look up and think, look what you've done, look where you've played, look at the experience you had, the apprenticeship you had. Your, your experience um, with Musselburgh winning the league and and stuff, and with Trinent and how well you've done there, the, mate. There'll be plenty. There'll be there'll be opportunities there. People will come knocking for you. So I'm quite I'm quite uh, confident of that, so to speak. Um, 
Calvin, uh, honestly, mate, thank you so much for agreeing to come on tonight. I've really, really appreciated it, mate. No problem. Thank you. Not a problem at me. all. Um, and John McManus, remember, you're next. Uh, <laughs> guys are on all the platforms, Anchor, Spotify, Google and Apple Podcasts say that every show. So you know where to find us. Next up, we've got Robin from Belgian fan-owned club, KSK Beverin coming on um, from the original KSK Beverin, famous old club in Belgium. They, they broke away and, and uh, formed their fan-owned club to, to keep the club alive. And uh, he's coming on to tell us that story this week. We've got our Christmas special, me and Bob, football, football show next Tuesday night. Calvin, you might get a notification at the top of your phone because I'm going to be inviting random guests that we've had on already into the Christmas special. So if you see a little anchor sign pop up at the top of your screen uh, between the hours of about half eight and ten, you're more than welcome to, to come on the show and just say hello um, to us over there. I don't know how many other people are going to be on it. It might be, might be a free-for-all, mate. I don't know how it's going to go yet. <laughs> I'll be available <laughs> for you. Honestly, I'm just going to go down my phone and just go bang, 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 press right. right. Who's, yeah, you, you might be, you never know, you might be talking to John Sitton next Monday night. You don't, you don't <laughs> know. Um, after that, we've got Dial Square coming on. That was meant to be this week. Unfortunately, we've had to reschedule for that. So that's a breakaway club from Arsenal. The fans have formed their own club. They've had enough of the, the English Premier League. They've gone back to their roots and formed Dial Square, um, fan-owned club. They're coming on. Um, catch up on all our other shows as well, as I said, on Apple, Spotify, Google and Anchor, uh, Cathedral of Sport. Thanks to all our listeners as well. Um, really, really appreciate all the listeners. We're at 3,200 or something now, which is pretty decent. I didn't think I'd get to 200, let alone 3,200. Find us on Twitter at Cathedral underscore sport and our blog site as well is cathedralsport.wixsite.com. There's a Q&A with Aaron Good on there and there's my uh, little article about myself from transition to chef to sports podcaster um calvin merry christmas to you and your family mate i hope you have a good one again thank you very much you too, very, thank thanks you. very much for coming on buddy not a problem have a nice cheers day. mate cheers guys <laughs>